and welcome into Kadem Games. We have Cheech, we have D-Block here as our returning co-hosts, and we're super excited. We have Mike here, Mike Denman. Mike, thank you so much for coming on, my friend. Mike has a, a robust history um, in gaming and promotions for gaming and creating crazy shit for games. Uh, we're really excited to talk to you, man. Mike, uh, how you doing, brother? And tell us a little bit about yourself. I'm good. I'm good. Yeah. Thanks so much for having me. Uh, yeah, I do. I uh, do a lot of weird stuff. So mostly I do marketing. And so essentially it starts off like where I was marketing Lord of the Rings video games for Warner Brothers, like working with like Peter Jackson on a couple of those, actually like I guess three Lord of the Rings games. But like really when Peter Jackson like got all the video I prepared painstakingly to create, to tell him about these games and get him excited about it. He was like, oh, no, it's too violent. I don't want to be a part of any of that. <laughs> what? <laughs> so, like, <laughs> it was, you know, it's like, so like my claim to fame of working with him is like, you know, he basically said no to me three times, which is, uh, it's like, oh, okay. No game that we could show him would get him interested in working with, uh, with the game side on doing any cross promotional stuff. What does Peter Jackson know anyway, right? <laughs> it's like, you know, who knows? I mean, like, you know, so when we worked on Shadow of Mordor, it was one of those things that like, we're like, okay, all right, like, how are, how are people going to really, like, get, get excited about another, like, Lord of the Rings game? And we're like, oh, you know, the really cool part is, like, because you're a badass and you can, like, basically mind control zo zombie orcs and you have this whole thing that you get control over Mordor. It's like, that sounds badass. And so, like, when we were, like, in L.A., like, in, I don't know, 2014, during E3, we're all wearing our, like, Shadow of Mordor, like, shirts and we heard people chanting Mordor from across the street while we were meeting <laughs> one point. We're like, this is going to be a good one. And it was like, we won like, you know, game of the year that year. We got a BAFTA from that game that year. It was like this killer. And it, like, ultimately we tried a lot of times and it was like, it was, it was the third Lord of the Rings game I worked on personally to help market. And it was like, man, some of those cats, they put like decades of their lives into making something that people are like, nope. Like there was this game called, war in the north i play like that Rings, i love war that game north. man <laughs> wow. it's a three-person co-op you can play yeah. on the couch with each other it's like it's one of the best games but it came out 10 days before skyrim <laughs> and yeah. so like skyrim came out and then like everyone's like wait lord of the rings what oh skyrim oh, rough and so it was like boom <sighs> devastating devastating that's and then rough, there was the man. moba uh yeah oh man but yeah so I, i've done some stuff in games and luckily like it was one of those things i realized uh, as I started making really good decisions for Warner Brothers on their behalf for the actual like release of their games that they spent like way too much money to even like Peter advertise. Jackson didn't know what he was talking about. You know, he, he was like <laughs> he was busy working on the Hobbit trilogy yeah. and like they got really mad at him. So I was like, OK, well, they're doing all that stuff. But like, yeah, we worked on like really cool games that like a lot of times didn't really get a lot of the, uh, the attention or like even budget to help market. They're like, oh, yeah, you have like no budget to work with. I was like, oh, that's great. But like I ended up taking something where they had spent like nearly $800,000 on a CG trailer that like didn't match the game's like storyline. And uh, I was like, oh, this is a problem. It took me like eight months. But like I, I convinced them to let me just release a nine minute gameplay trailer. It was the first thing people would see it. And it was like that whole first thing. It was like, this is exactly what people wanted. They didn't want some sort of CG thing. And it was like all this research I had to do and have to like deliver to the executives at Warner Brothers before they would like trust going with something. They're like, nah, we're not going to do that. It's never been done before. And so like it was a whole kind of like crazy thing. But I was like, ah, oh, I'm going to start my own company where people pay me $800,000 to make a video game trailer for them that they don't use. Hell yeah, that sounds like a great <laughs> idea. <laughs> so like, you know, it, that's, it's been kind of like the journey ever since I left them. But yeah, I do a lot of like other kind of strange things. I, I help people with like all their little marketing tips that they need in the indie game scene. Like I've got a, a Discord channel and a Facebook group that I kind of help out little gamers here and there. Uh, there's this like company in the Ukraine that like they made this really cute Octo Maze game where it's like this little octopus and a maze thing. It's adorable. It's like a, just like a casual little like puzzle game. So I thought their trailer was terrible and I just made a new version of it for them. And I just put it up. <laughs> 
And then they like retweet it, even as the war was happening in Ukraine and they're being bombed. Like they're like retweeting this trailer I made for them. Like, cause I was bored at like two in the morning one time. And I was like, oh, this is funny. But like this, this company out there, like they're like still just like, oh, it's great. We love it. I was like, are you guys okay? And I'm like tweeting. I'm like, are you all right? It's bombs, dude. So what's up? They're like, it's cool. They're far away. We think it's fine. I was like, what are you doing? So it's like, there's people all over the world making video games, but there's like not a lot of them that know the marketing side of it or like the business side to actually like help people even find it or get attention to it. And it's like, you know, when I talk to these kids who are making these amazing games, I'm like, oh my God, some of these games are never going to get green lit at like a studio or a first publisher or even a third publisher kind of thing. It's like, you know, these are like true indie games, but they're like amazing. Like the kids who made the portal game who came out of DigiPen. Yeah. So like uh, those kids, I was neighbors with one of them. And, uh, and while he was going through game school and everything like that, like we were all buddies, I like, hung out with those kids. And so uh, when they got launched with Portal and like Valve bought them, it was like, cause they had a really cool idea. And it was like this crazy idea that they're like, oh, we could turn this into a really huge building block of our games. And then Valve has this massive portal series that they've been able to create from that. And like all the, the zeitgeist that everyone has about the cake being a lie. It's like some of those people are the, the funniest things. Like my ex-wife was on their softball team. It's hilarious. All world. Like all, <laughs> all those like all those strange things. It's like, yeah, it's, it's a strange little uh, you know, universe. But like games is, a, is an industry. It's like there's a lot of really talented people. They all know how to make the games and make it interesting or make it like really cool uh, visually. But it's like, then how do you tell people about it? It's like, this is like where we're, the world now, you have to spend like $30,000 to have a Twitch takeover. And so it's like some sort of crazy budget has to be amassed for some of these things. And it's like, whoa, and that's for like a half a day or something like that. It's not even like a full, uh, you know, takeover of sorts. But I mean, like, yeah, it's like, there's, there's so much that people can do just with hard work. Just like you yeah. create videos, even this content, right? Bringing people on and talking about games. Like, you know, there's a slew of indie developers that like, I'm like, oh, man, I should get you guys talking to some of these cats because they're making some interesting weird do games it. you guys can play. <laughs> yeah. Definitely do it, dog. That's, that's, that's I the mean, goal right there. The number one spot for this type of marketing. Okay. <laughs> it's like, boom. And, and then that's also something that brings you guys clout and the actual ability to bring people to these you know games. And then you sell advertising and then it's all these things are cyclical and it builds a the you know the the level of rapport you have with people the trust you have it's like i love all this stuff yeah this stuff yeah, just man. like you know it drives everything it's a beautiful system um d black i know you uh you were big into the batman games right you played through them um yeah i actually i i think i told you this i i pulled you aside after we were talking about this one coming up and i'm like i can't believe shadow of mordor didn't make my top five list because yeah. I didn't think of it at the time, but that was one of my favorite games for a clip. That game was really oh, fun man. to play. Like the, I, I was telling them the uh, the nemesis system with the uh, enemy AI. I used to think that was like the coolest thing I ever saw, and like would bring me back to see like how they would oh, come man. back after me the next time or whatever the case was. Um, so I actually played Shadow of Mortar more than the Batman ones. Nice. That's amazing. I love that. Dude, the, the funny thing about the Nemesis system. So when we were figuring out how to even talk about that game to people, it's like, how do you explain this whole thing where you've got these gangs and you can actually do stuff and it affects you later on? And, and really, it's like this whole thing. Uh, we ended up using like the Nemesis system as like our main PR marketing beat for it. Because when we had the people come for pre E3, like in uh, like May or something like that, all the press starts playing the games before they actually go to E3. And so we took the game, save games that each of the press people had played. And we took an orc that they had killed out of it. And we then took those orcs and I made like videos of them taunting them. And basically we use that on Twitter and we use actually our Instagram because it was right when Instagram's video first started coming out. So I used Instagram to put the videos and we tweeted those to the people. And so we started taunting all the press that played Shadow of Mordor with their nemesis <laughs> that actually like fought them in the game. And it was something that like, they would come back and they actually wanted to replay them. So we would load them their save up and it would be this villain that had taunted them, got to play them in that game. It was like, it was one of the coolest <laughs> things because when you can experience that, you don't have to explain what it is. Cause that's the magic of that. Cause then you're like, oh my gosh, 
this is happening. This guy, I thought I killed him. He's back. It's like this whole rivalry thing happens. And that I think was what helped sell so much of the, the, the whole populist on that game being a cool thing. And it was, and like, no one's been able to afford the patent. I imagine to actually license the technology to be able to use that same AI and something else. And no one's been good enough because the guys at Monolith and LiftTech were just like killer with what they wrote. I mean, they spent decades perfecting that. That code was like a Batman game at one point. <laughs> I mean, even oh, like, wow. even still, it was like a Lord of the Rings thing, then a Batman thing. And then before that was like, you know, fear. So it's like, you know, those, like, those, those guys are like, they're killer with what they've got technology-wise. And the ability for them to create that AI, it's like, that was one of the coolest things. And it was hard to explain. So like literally having to show people and showing people that explain it to others was like, okay, this is the only way we're going to be able to do this to these people's stories. And it was cool. I love it. Yeah. yeah. Like an orch brother's going to come back after you because he remembers that you know his brother. Yeah. <laughs> it's the best. It's like, uh, getting too it, smart, it was, man. It really was. It was like, well, these robots are thinking like, what? And it was a, it was a thing. It would match the damage to whatever they did. Uh, this guy, Christian Bordage, who does like a lot of the faces, uh, he would like, you know, painstakingly create like these horribly disfigured. I mean, it was like, it was beautiful amounts of stuff. Oh, like, it was like, perfect. It's what yeah, brought it, me back and back to that game for a good clip. It, it was perfect. <laughs> yeah. And we worked on it for years. It was like, it was a lot of playing that. We played it every day. So it was like, it was, I was like, Oof, I definitely played that a whole lot. And then after the game was out, I played it all the time too it was like man when they did photo mode like that whole photo mode i had to have an engineer code the keys into the actual controller to do all the movements and everything like that oh, wow. and then they're like oh hey we now can turn this into photo mode but i needed it to be able to do in-game cinematics so i could create marketing videos right. mm -hmm. and it was like this whole process we had actually had to code into everything and i had to work with someone for like six months it was crazy. It was like one of the one of the biggest, most complex things you didn't even think about. It. Like, oh, they didn't make it so you can actually film it. And that's like they're like, oh, we have to build that into it. So I was like, what? So yeah, it's like, you know, there's there's lots of cool little things that luckily uh, I think happen in the right ways to make those things work out. So it's like, yeah, I'm I'm still a fan of that game. I love that people love that game. That's cool. It was cool to help bring that to action. <laughs> And they did take some of my ideas and they definitely didn't do some of the things I thought was a crazy idea too. So I was like, this works out. I feel like it's good. Yeah. You had a, uh, a bit of memorabilia from that game too. I, I kind of saw it, but show these guys. Oh yeah. So, uh, so here's the, uh, I think there's like 300 of these made, but it's basically the art of shadow of Mordor. And so like on the studio level, we had like everyone signed it kind of stuff. Here's my signature. Nice. But yeah, so like all of these amazingly talented people and then the art in it, it's like, man, some of these guys, like they would take imagery and they worked with Weta. So the actual like company that does all the Lord of the Rings designs, guy who did this one also did all the condemned stuff. It's like, it's like, yeah, really amazing, super talented artistry. And you think about some of the stuff that like, even this is from the cinematic. So the cinematic was a digital dimension uh, or digital domain. Like those guys do a lot of the actual like movies stuff. That's sick. And uh, the dude who did Gollum. So the guy who actually did the model for Gollum is like the guy who did it for the Lord of the Rings two movies and like Lord of the Rings two and three. So it's like actually the guy who did the design and modeling for him worked on it keith huggins it's amazing it's like this is great stuff working with and, and it's like oh yeah it's cool like the the amount of like memorabilia is like even uh i was telling eddie earlier so i felt like personally i would have voodoo dolls made of each of the games i had uh, worked on afterwards so like this is the one from gotham city imposters which is my favorite batman game uh <laughs> so it's like you know the 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 arkham series like is super cool but like Man, something about the, the imposters, it was like, it was nuts. It was the whole, like, you know, Batman with guns thing. It's like, this is madness. Batman wouldn't have guns. But these morons have guns. And so, like, a first-person shooter Batman thing, I was like, this is weird. So into that. <laughs> Jeez, so did, into you, that. did you play that, uh, the imposters? I did not, sir, but I'm going to now. Because Batman with oh. guns, I mean, what, where can you go wrong? <laughs> uh, you know, it's. Uh, I don't know if the community is even active on it, but there is the free-to-play version on Steam. 
So if you get enough people watching and wanting to play, like, let me know, because I'm going to jump in on that jazz. It's super <laughs> fun. Like, in the times that I was actually trying to get to do marketing for that game, like, I had to convince people to come to the playtest lab in, like, groups of 12. So I'd be like, guys, pizza and beers on me. Come play this <laughs> Do it over your lunch hour. And so like, it would be like, I'd have to play a game over lunch hour, really quickly eat. And while I was like doing all this filming, it was like, you know, it, it, it was messy, but like, you need a lot of people. And then you got like, you got killer, killer games of that game. It's, it's so much fun. It's high frenetic action. Definitely a sad thing. It's no longer available on PS anything. So it's like, oh, yeah. tragedies. I was looking for it. Now it's uh it yeah I had a copy on my Xbox and a copy on my PlayStation Three so it's like it's really old. <laughs> yeah, wow. But you yeah, know, it's going a ways back. Oh man. So yeah, I've been I have a question I've been for you, for Mike. Yeah, what's up? <clears throat> um, when you work with say like a Warner Brothers, you know, like Peter Jackson or the Batman franchise, what kind of uh, boxes do they typically limit you to, or do they? do they search you out by name how does that all work it's very intriguing to me um because i would um, assume with such a franchise they'd probably be pretty tight on how you represent them right oh yeah yeah there's there's huge compliance things and so ultimately like you know they like working as a warner brothers like entertainment interactive uh interactive entertainment employee I ended up being just on the team that luckily got dealt this. And so they basically assigned the game studio I was at uh, to do like a lot of these, just even the Batman or the Lord of the Rings games. And so it was just kind of like this whole process of, they would treat it like it was Fort Knox in terms of the idea, the intellectual property. And so like the Lord of the Rings guys, I mean, like those guys are even more hardcore about their intellectual property. It's like, it's, you can't do anything that's uh, fast and loose or anything that would be uh, considered uh, inappropriate or uh, disparaging or derogatory or make the, the, the property look in a poor light. Like that's the Saul's Ants company, that guy who like sued John Fogarty for sounding like him from Creedence Clearwater, right? Mm-hmm. So it's like, you know, the dude bought the rights to Creedence Clearwater, who the lead singer was John Fogarty. And then when John Fogarty continued his solo career, he sounded too much like his old band. And so this guy sued him for sounding too much like him, his old band. And so it's like this whole, like, I mean, that's, that's, it's a hardcore thing. So like the, the Batman guys, those DC cats, those are really easy to work with people. They're really cool. There's a lot you can do. There's like freedom. I mean, we made like really weird videos to promote the Gotham City Impostors game. Like I have a guy like in motion capture suit, pantomiming, going to the bathroom and a bunch of weird sounds, and strange <laughs> stuff. I have a dude getting like a cape. He built little like glider thing, jumping off a roof. They won't let me on the roof anymore of that building. That was definitive after that happened. <laughs> uh but like it was all safe it was cool nothing no one was, no one was potentially getting harmed i had to like label things don't try it at home <laughs> we're definitely going to link to that video and in, in, in the promotions for this yeah. talking about it for oh, sure. yeah yeah so like we, we made a bunch of these like the the gadgets from the gotham city imposter one in real life like we made like a grappling gun thing it didn't work but it looked exactly like the game one it was super mm-hmm. cool we had like the the silence like you know the glasses there's all sorts of really cool things uh, but yeah, like the, the license for the DC stuff was easy to work with. And then the license for Lord of the Rings, Middle Earth Enterprises, like they were, they're telling me stories. Like I was hanging out with these guys. They're telling me stories about how they have to like shut down these little baby daycares because they use the word like <laughs> Hobbit. And they're like, yeah, we feel really bad, but like, you know, you can't oh use that. God, it's like Bilbo's, oh, Bilbo's things. Like it was like, oh man, I was like, that sounds really rough. It's like, they're like, yeah, well, you know, we're. Well, Mike, you know, it, it is their precious, to be fair. <laughs> right? No. Yeah. Do you know if they send Lars Ulrich to do those uh, notices or not? <laughs> no, I, I, I think they literally hire someone dressed in one of those those wraith outfits. And then that's like, it could be anybody. It could be anybody. Just dropping worms <laughs> on them and stuff out of nowhere. <laughs> Something. Yeah, no, no, just don't mess with the Lord of the Rings stuff, man. Those, those guys in the license is, is rough, but luckily it's being sold right now. So like if you have 20 million, 20 billion dollars, go and buy it. So I see um, you kind of sent me a list of some stuff you worked on. Um, and my curiosity is, you know, when you're ever, when you're trying to get the word out about this game, get people hyped up about this game, get them interested in this game. Is it, 
more, I guess, fun or difficult or rewarding in those three categories when you're doing it for, for a, a game or a, a story nobody's really heard of or, or when it's, you know, something beloved, like we're talking about Lord of the Rings or Batman, um, where, you know, you've already got the fan base. So you just basically have to explain to them what kind of deviation of this story they're already familiar with is this game. Um, so I guess, you know, even, even with the, the, uh, you know, like mole- molecular jig games, I haven't heard of that, uh, but oh, like yeah. games like that, that you're trying to get people interested in that like, what the hell is this, you know? Oh man. You know, it, it's really hard when it's a game that people don't have an understanding or a relationship to the, the, the property beforehand, like molecular jig games. So that's uh, man, Dr. Melanie segments, uh, company. She's super cool. She's a molecular biologist who's a teacher and she makes uh, science games. And so she made this really cool game called Immune Defense. And it literally teaches people about protein interactions at like different stages. So you can understand how proteins work. And you can basically like, you know, you have to add certain amino acids in to make sure that the chemical reactions happen. So it's this like- kind of sounds like a simulator teach. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, I'm in there, you dog. All right, yeah. you, you can get it for free on your tablet, I think. So yeah, like oh, some of those boy. things like- uh, you know, uh, it, it doesn't, they don't make a lot of money. And so they can't really do the real big push to get people out there. Like oftentimes, like really to, to get people to be aware of your game, you have to spend money. And it's like, if you're not like putting away like 20% of your actual budget, it takes to make whatever it is that you're making uh, to just use for marketing purposes and advertising, like it's going to be a hard slog, like uh, literally from building a website to, to telling people about the website, to building articles on the website, to promoting that, to doing press releases, to promoting those things, like all those things you can do with a lot of hard work and time and then a little bit of money, or you can do really quickly with a lot of bit of money. And so it's like, that's where it really changes. And so some people who do like, you know, really cool things, like when Dr. Segment uh, and I connected, it was like, she was doing a Kickstarter to even try to get funding to help out. And so I was like, I can help you. And we ended up making like this really long video that essentially like, you know, got her a little bit where she was going, but the game didn't necessarily get a lot to be able to put into making uh, people aware of it. So she was able to finish the game, but like, you know, then it's like, you know, getting it out there. So it's like, I know that this doesn't have as much traction, but still like she's got a free to play game, teaches people how to do like biology stuff. That's a, that's a cool thing that when some, when the right blog finds out about that, talks about it, plays it, promotes it and it'll be a game changer for some kid out there who doesn't have the money to afford but can play this free game on their website right and so like you know there's there's all these things that like you don't really know what it's going to do or how it's going to benefit i mean there's there's free games out there like uh this one uh, renal summer it's about a dog who's dying of renal failure it's like you can buy it on it's like you can buy it it's on ios app (laughs) it's so sad it's like it's like it happens to so the dog's time limit, you have to keep going back to it. And if you wait a few days, like you might not come back to a dog. And so it's like, oh, it's like, sparky, it's devastating. It's, it's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's like, whoa, but it's like, it's entirely made so that way it can promote the uh, awareness for renal health of animals, right? Get the dogs drinking enough water, keep their renal success. It's like a tap game. It's like simple stuff. So I mean, like there's things out there that like uh, I've, I've, just consulted on uh, for funsies because of the fact that I'm like, oh, this is a really cool idea. Like when the augmented reality games were first starting to happen, right? Before Pokemon Go came out, uh, there's this guy working on this weird zombie shooter up kind of game. There was basically like Pokemon Go and it would have like different things for each businesses. Businesses could buy into it. There's a whole thing. There's a whole ecosystem right. that's going to create. And this is like years before most of these things started coming out. I was like, oh, this is like a thing. But he was like a GPS guy. And so he's like, oh, this is the next right. step. This is where all the things are going to go. And so he was already like seeing stuff and his business didn't really end up taking off. But like he was in the crowdfunding and I was like helping him with some initial marketing stuff. It's like, it's, it's interesting. Like you can find some really cool ideas out there. And then when those happen and then the big ones like Pokemon come out, you're like, oh, this is amazing. This is exactly that dude's idea that like skin Pokemon. They have a license for it. It was like, oh, yeah, those Seattle people did hang out together. So, like, you know, there's all these things about, like, how, how these things come to creation. But games are hard to get built and then hard to get made and then hard to get people to buy them. And then, you know, when you have that whole ecosystem, it's like billions of dollars you can make from it, though. Yeah. That's where it's like it's so much money. And also the really cool thing that a lot of people are working on is, like, the immersive game experience. 
and this is where I do a lot of my own work. So like I work with where it's like a TV show, a film and a video game are all related to the same storyline or property, kind of like a <clears throat> cross platform monetization of all those things. So that's where I do a lot of work. So I'll end up like making like videos for the video games that are being made about movies and tie-ins to get more funding from each of the studios. And so that's something that I do a lot of. Um, but like, I have all these things I can't, I, I can't talk about them until like the actual like uh, time limits up on my NDA. Yeah. So there's like all these things that will roll out in the next few years and be like, Oh, then I could, then I could tell people about that. But that's something that like, uh even on the the side of like how i get that business like how i get those big names working with me it's like i, I just do really good work and i help i really help get them the most potential out of telling their story in a really short format that oftentimes they have no idea how to communicate effectively and so they need someone to like drill down all these really highly complex yeah. things and then share it and so that's why i do tv commercials that's like that's why I, like i started with it so like i think that like taking that really highly complex stuff and then drilling it down but like people just call me for that stuff. It's like, I, I've made enough people contacts wise that I just I end up like people, when they need that stuff, they hit me up. So it's like, I don't even advertise that kind of thing. I can it's tell. Like, how do you advertise? It's, it's weird. It's only been 30 minutes and I'm already sold on you, man. I want you promote promoting everything <laughs> I know, dude. <laughs> do thing, yeah. That's and it's like, it's one of those things, but yeah. So I think, I think I was put on this planet to help people communicate and ultimately, uh, you know, connections to other people and other things. It's like there's magic that happens by the stuff you can bring people to. Yeah. Magic. I feel like the running theme for all these interviews we're doing is hard work and networking. That's, that seems that on yourself. Yeah. Yeah, You took the words out of my mouth, dude. I literally was just going to say that. Yeah. I had one question for you. Um, in regards, what's what's the typical length of a marketing campaign? Is it something that uh, you do man. over years, you do over months, or like what what's a good well, campaign uh, time frame? Uh, now, a good campaign time frame is continuously, like all the okay. time. I mean, like think about it this way: back in the day, the campaigns would start like they would get the game finished, and then they would give it to marketing. And they'd be like, okay, you have a month or two weeks or something crazy. And they'd have to like come up with like the box, the whatever, the quick marketing materials. And then over the course of time, it changed where it's like, it's gotten a little bit like where it's okay. It can happen really at any point. When Kickstarter came out, really, uh, that's when people started realizing, oh, you can start fundraising before you even have anything. You have the idea. You can explain the idea well enough. You can then get people to buy in on it. Then you have investors and then you can then market before you even have the game idea even laid out right so you're starting the market uh but now it's like there's uh there's all these different ways of marketing that like you if you're not always marketing then you're left off the conversation block and i think one of the the coolest things is do you remember the the halo uh forward into dawn series that they uh, made into a film so that like live action stuff yeah like i got to meet the guy who is responsible for getting them to do that and it was like from three uh 343 to microsoft to Bungie, it was all these different places and like you know they ended up like i think 343 said yes and they're like okay we're going to do a marketing spend of like two hundred and fifty thousand dollars to make this video series that you're then going to sell as a movie to recoup marketing budget back how have we not said yes to this before? <laughs> and so it's like there's all these things that like if you're doing anything it can be considered marketing. And ultimately, even though that was like a whole promotional thing, it was like a film by itself. Uh, it was a marketing endeavor that the guy had gotten so many no's over a decade or something, even crazier, trying to get people to do it. He's like, this is going to be the best. It's going to help people know what the game is. It's going to help people buy in, get rapport built with the characters. And so like, there's all these things that like, in terms of marketing the right time, it's like, if you have an idea of something and you're starting to work on it, you should start talking about it. People now start doing their like their vlogs on on you know on YouTube even like hey I'm building a game this is day one and then they talk through their process and then that helps some other kid out there who's figuring out whether or not they want to be a game developer designer artist or something like that and they're like oh I could I could make art for people using this weird thing or like even if they want to use AI art to create pixels for other games they could literally be someone that creates a business out of nothing yeah that's very little of skill. That's kind of how we got started. I mean, we were talking about it for a while. I was talking about it with my brother Hyder doing something like this. We had like a meeting and stuff. And then he yeah. got a promotion at work and he was having, to, and I'm just like, 
I'm just going to do this. Who can show up? <laughs> like, let's do this. Yeah. And, and it's evolved. And we've, we've got over 10 episodes now. And, um, you know, it's consistency. And, and that's what we talk about a lot. And what, what everybody's kind of mentioned is just staying consistent. And uh, yep. it's tough. I mean, it, it, it's tough, but it's very rewarding when you when you see it. And you look like when I listen back to some of our podcasts, and especially I'm, I'm sure after this one, I mean, already I'm, I'm this is awesome. Uh, just listening back and being like, this is fascinating to me. And I've already heard it once before. I think people are going to really <laughs> like this shit. I hope so. At least. That's cool. Well, I think people want to see like behind the veil some stuff, you know? And I think that like when people can gather around and talk about it intelligently, like you can get a sense of, hey, other people having these thoughts, but we don't really have these water cooler moments with everyone that we want to. And so we can take these times to, you know, have these kind of opinions get out there and then, you know, bounce it back. And like, I mean, honestly, like, I don't even know if I'm legally allowed to tell you I worked with Peter Jackson. I mean, check that shit out. <laughs> don't, don't worry. I'm, we don't have too many listeners. Our listeners is not, <laughs> I'm going to add him and on the couch. If Peter Jackson oh, starts listening to our podcast, then we know we've made it and we'll, we'll work out some kind of deal with him. Right? Yeah. If, if I get a, if I get a cease and desist letter, I'll let you guys know. You're yeah, please do. We made it. Reality is somebody else's issue. Yeah. I take a lot of these things pretty seriously. And I think the cool part is like, you know, being an insider, like I, I enjoy going to Comic-Con and being the guy who gets let in with the exhibitor badge. Like I like that experience. It's cool. Yeah. It's really cool, especially like if you go behind the scenes, like at Riot, when they have one of their giant billion dollar purse tournaments and you just like walking around the backside, like taking a tour with someone that like, you know, you know, at the company. And then you're like taking around the like the million dollar van that they have all their live stream stuff happening out of. And they're like, there's some really cool tech going on behind the scenes, really cool stuff just about playing games. Like even when the Dota stuff started happening, like in the Valve guys started doing their uh, their free to play. Like they like when they finished that film, I was like, sweet. Did you guys get like signed releases from people and stuff like that yeah. on camera at least saying that they're cool to <laughs> using the footage? And they're like, no. I was like, oh man, <laughs> you guys can't sell that. <laughs> cool, so they, delete know, it. it on, yeah, well, well, they put yeah. it up for free on freetoplay.com. So like, you know, they 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 put it up and it's it's a it's a full marketing thing that they were able to use. And make a full documentary about the Dota players and that like million dollar purse. It's like there's there's cool stuff happening out there, but it's like you know yeah. Sometimes there's just there's a bunch of guys running around that have no idea what they're doing, and ultimately at the end of it, like oh wait, how are we using this to do what now? And then like they think about it. So it's like yeah, I mean like people always think about marketing at the end of things. I think you know D Block to really get like to the core of like when you should do marketing is like when you have something solid that you feel good about is when you should really crank up whatever it is you're already doing. But you oh, should crap. be doing some of it. And then when you feel really good about it is when you dial it in and you put like the actual like money into it. Like, you know, you guys have 10 episodes in like, that's killer. I love that stuff. Getting to the scene where you can actually like, you know, make money from advertisers who are just saying like, oh, every week you love this. Like I have a friend when she hit like making her rent from her podcast advertisers, she's like, this is really nice, actually. Yeah. It's like, this is a little bit different. But the reality is like when you have a lot of people listening and you can build up like that whole you know, community, you're bringing people the cool information and the inside stuff. And like, you know, they have a little bit of fun with it as well. So it's like, yeah. D-Block just Super. really wants a free controller out of all this. I was, I was literally stuff. just about to say that. I told them from the start, Scuff Gaming, if you're listening, whenever you start listening, I'm good as soon as you send me one free controller. That's it. That's all I want. <laughs> I'm a simple guy. We're paying customers too. <laughs> you know what I mean? I already bought a few. Just, you know, just send me one. That's it. Um, I feel I like you should make that request in a formal, like, yeah, just type it out. Make that request formal. I'm sure they would hook it up. <laughs> we got to get I'll a couple more views on 20s. here. <laughs> right? I got one more follow-up question for you. And yeah. You, you don't have to answer if you don't like to, right? Um, as the marketing guy, I just want to know how much are leaks planned or are they actual leaks? Because I've always thought that like, this is a good marketing plan if you leaked it, but really it was just you like, hey, here's what I got and it's not authorized, but you know, here's some cool shit that you guys can talk about for the next few months. I know that when those really do happen, they're oftentimes 
accidents and people didn't really intend on it, it getting out like when xbox has anything leak uh that was like you know it was like one of those like oh no it's like you always feel really bad for when a leak happens because like someone laughs in security protocol up. and yeah. like when i worked at, when, yeah, when, we, when we worked at warner brothers i was like oh this is like it, it's like decades old company it's huge it's like all these things you know, it's, it's very secure about how information is loaded and like you couldn't really even take some of your stuff off site. And so like as uh, the pandemic hit even like and as companies started going off site and like there's massive amounts of encryption stuff that's now enacted across those nets. And it's like it's even crazier, harder to actually get games compiled because you run into all these different sources that have to upload securely. And it's like, yeah, it's hard, but it's like leaks. I think that when they're done really well, uh, and exploited really well. That means that the company ran with a good good plan in the first place to have like a, a leak happen. If they seem like they're prepared to follow a leak with story about leak and all those things, and they're not just scrambling trying to prevent the leak, then they had money and time to put into that leak as a marketing ploy. But like, if it's something that like a leak happens and then three weeks later they start talking about it, they didn't have a plan for it, but then they adapt it. And okay. so like, there's always like, there's always a timeline of things, but like more often than not, I think that those are those are unintentional and, and not planned because like when we were doing Shadow of Mordor, it was like we had uh, parts of the characters in the story that they didn't want to talk about for for like they were like well, we have to keep those secret and secure and like one of my ideas and like I sat in on these like executive marketing meetings like every Monday because I was like the only marketing dude in Seattle that like was a part of the team so I was like okay I'll have to go to these things but like I'm glad I did and I really had a lot of influence on the overall marketing of it because like really their their whole plan was you know in some ways like hold these things back because the super super fans are going to love this information but like when you map out the, the fan data it's like those super core fans like we like the business would call them core kyle they're the ones who know all the knowledge they read all the websites they go further into everything they do all the digging right it's like that's a whole personality type and then that personality type then refers out to the friends so that way the friends then buy the game so like there's a whole psychology in the group yo we have have a good friend who just got a new nickname (laughs) <laughs> yeah so like when, when when you think about it if you're only holding the information back for that core group of nerds it's like they can dive into it and they'll still love it even if people know about it but if yeah. people know about it sooner then they might be more interested and curious because it's a different take on things and we'd start talking about Celebrimbor, the guy who forged the rings of power in the first place being a person that you play in the game and then people started really getting interested in it they started learning about the lore about it they started really diving in the lord of the rings fans like those are the most intense fans <laughs> i mean like i worked with batman fans the whole like you know lord of the rings fans was like a, a wow it's like a distinct thing like batman fans are like this is like an everyday person i felt like it could be like anybody going in and out of like a mall or but then lord of the rings fans like they're like they're people who learn the elvish language and <laughs> they're like LARPing. you know they're they're larping on they're, the weekend it's it's like it's dedication to a level and they want perfection and they also want like a little bit more access and so i think that when i started having a conversation well like i had a lot of conversations because i was like filming for two other games before that and i'd interview people about the games and what they thought i'd ask them all these questions and really these people like they just wanted a high level appreciation of the narrative in a way in which they could interact with it that was different that was something that they could really explore and when then shadow of mortar came out it was like this whole thing like when they got to play that and be there it was like this is like i was like it was monumental for those kind of experiences i wouldn't even tell you about the time i got one of the early oculuses and then had them build that to work in Shadow of Mordor, and that was like, whoa. Oh, shit. <laughs> That's sick. That was cool. That was cool. That was cool. Yeah, it was like only 2,000 of them were available, and I got one. I was like, yeah. Well, we'll That's save wild. that for the next time you come on, because you're going to be a recurring guest for sure, man. You are a wealth of, of awesome background and knowledge. We love it, man. <laughs> yeah, well, thanks for hanging out. Sorry if I took up too much time, but there's, no, there's a lot of things. We could listen to you all day, dude. <laughs> yeah, you're good, dude. Don't worry about that. I like to think of this as we keep it light here. So, you know, take all the time you need. Tell us all the information we can soak up. Let's get it. Yeah, it's pretty good. It's pretty good. Uh, definitely love hanging out with you guys. Uh, yeah. And like, you know, next time I'll bring up more of the voodoo dolls. But like, my office got one <laughs> yes. of my favorite. 
And then I sent a, a video to Eddie so that way uh, you could add that to the uh, to the podcast. Uh, when you're the best music video, I love that thing. <laughs> yeah, no, that was funny, dude. I, I think I, I'll send I'll resend it to you guys too, so you can check it out. Well, I'll put it in there too. Um, guys, any more questions? We're gonna move on to our category for this week. Uh, Cheech D Block. I'm good, man. I just want to really know about the leaks. <laughs> yeah, silence is compliance. <laughs> All right, so we're doing a we're doing a top three this week of uh, comic superhero uh, franchises turned into video games. So Hold. Uh, you said superheroes. Superhero. You know, okay, so I, I, I figured. I figured. Okay, so okay. if it is an original Don't superhero game that wasn't based Don't on a comic, you're about to yank my oh, number shit. one away from me. No, no, you're good. You're good. <laughs> they need some super some superpowers in the game, but oh, they do. Don't you worry. <laughs> Kratos is coming, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> You know. <laughs> hey man, don't put me in a fucking corner, okay? <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, Cheech, since you're rolling, give us your number three, my friend. Number three, I have Marvel Avengers. I don't have much oh. to say about that game. It had some really glossy parts that I thought they could have capitalized on. I like how it was uh, narrative based. Um, other than that, it you know it was pretty disappointing, but. That's one of the most recent ones I had, so I threw it at number three. Top me, three, though. <laughs> for, for me, with that, so I'm a big... I haven't played many. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a big Final Fantasy guy, so I saw, like, and I'm a big Marvel guy, so I saw Square Enix is making a Marvel game, and I was like, I, I think we were all texted about it. Like, I was like, oh, shit, this is going to be the best game ever. I was very disappointed. My biggest issue with that game was the lack of villains because it's modok and mm-hmm. that's pretty much it and then you're fighting a bunch of robots and it's like you have yeah, this entire, weird drones and, and mike you might be good to answer this like you have an entire catalog of villains you could have in this game and you've got one who or maybe two maybe you fight two other ones you think that's because maybe the developers only had the rights to a couple of them or uh you know it's probably because they didn't have different properties going like the modok one is a tie-in to the hulu tv show modok yeah so like, I mean, like, you know, that, that game, it's, it's considered a transmedia game. So ultimately like it probably storyline ties into the MODOK TV show more than likely. And what they probably did is they just had that game as a bridge game to capture the Avengers side of audience and then the Hulu side of TV right. to match that Venn diagram. So like those types of games, like you got to keep in mind, they're casual. They're super easy to get into. They're not necessarily like a lot of complex RPG stuff that you like, Eddie. So like, you know, that's, that's the whole thing about that. It's like, it's easy access. So the barrier for entry on some of those licensed games, it's like, there's the people who don't really play games that they're also making that game for. And so that's where it's like, it doesn't really go too far into it. And they don't put that much budget into it because it's not going to be that huge of a license because it's already licensed tie in to market with the game and TV show kind of thing. Gotcha. And it might be that Modoc comes into like one of the Avengers movies in uh, like the next phase. So yeah, that way they're building is. up. Uh, yeah, so like they're building yeah. Up, <laughs> yeah, so like they build up the zeitgeist, right? Building up people's understanding of what they can have. You just right. build that landscape and then you can dole it out. But this is just a stepping stone. And so sometimes these game studios, when these get these games, it's like, it's like they have the crunchiest crunch time. It's like quick, yeah. super, super fast turnaround there's a lot of outsourcers they get like you know a lot of work done but it's like man they they have a lot that they have to put on their plate real quick but like some of those are the best fun games too like the doctor who a uh, little like a quick and dirty one that ties into the um matt smith doctor who is like totally totally hilarious yeah love all that stuff fun quick game attendant matt smith thing so it's like you know little weird things like that work out but like having worked on ip games like that that do have tie-ins to actual movie stuff like technically i worked on two different hobbit games that tied into the hobbit movies and it's like it is it's it's weird having tie-ins that have to like have certain cadence with certain like information pieces but it's like yeah there's you know weird stuff with that gotcha d block what do you got at three uh number three so he's i don't it counts right he's not a a marvel or dc superhero but okay if you play the game, he's a fucking superhero. Like, you can't tell me he's not. 
uh, but infamous second son. So it's the second Ooh. of the infamous series. Yeah. Um, I don't really know why I picked that one. I think I got infamous the first one for free when I first got the PlayStation three or four or some yeah. shit like that. Um, so when the second one came out, it was like a cheaper game that I got again with another upgrade. So I think it was from the PS3 to the PS4, some shit like that. I don't know. Um, yeah. But it was a fun little game to play and you had like fucking powers. You were some, you know, <laughs> weird rebel guy in some weird dystopian fucking place. So uh, Infamous Second Son is my number three. Whatever. Like it. I don't know. That's the best <laughs> I can get. <laughs> Those guys, the Sucker Punch guys who made that game, like yes. they're, they're amazing people, and like they're they're some some of the coolest cats. And like when that Into the Sim- Second Sun came out, like that's Troy Baker, the guy who voiced uh, the main guy from Shadow of Mordor, voiced okay. Second Son, and he's on the cover of that. So his likeness is the actual character likeness. Okay. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, that's cool. yeah, that guy's super cool. Yeah, yeah. He's also the awesome. uh, he's also the voice of like the uh, was it Bioshock Infinite uh, main character. So he's he's the the narrator voice in that one, uh, the player character. That's sweet. Like super cool cat. He he's like in uh, Full Metal Alchemist is one of the characters in there too. Yeah, he's one of the more well read actors I've worked with. Yeah, now he yeah. he's all over the place. That's a good good resume. Um, yeah. For, for me, I had a uh, Spider Man. 2000 on the oh yeah station oh wow. yeah oh yeah yeah that game uh i mean you know it was a game from 2000 on playstation one but uh i love that game i mean that was you could crawl on the ceilings you could wrap up people uh it was um an activision game uh you know came out kind of around the same time as as uh tony hawk i think i'm, I'm reading here that it used the same engine um as tony nice. hawk pro skater and I, I just remember that game. It had like a grungy feel and that one was full of villains. Like you, every level you're fighting one of, one of the classic Spider-Man villains. And that was oh, when man. I was really, really getting into games was PlayStation one, PlayStation two. So that was, that was my number three. The movement for that time frame was out of yeah. this world. Yeah. Yeah. It was mind boggling. <laughs> you're like, what yeah, the yeah. Fuck? <laughs> that was yeah. pretty good. I feel like Spider-Man games in general over the history, like the recent Spider-Man game, like, Explore New York. It's just so cool. Don't talk about it. You're good. (laughs) Yeah. Yo. All right. Fine. This guy. All right. Moving on. Moving on. My head. (laughs) Mike, what do you got at three? Uh, Man. So, like, when you said comic book or superhero one, I was like, oh, because I always thought of like Comics Zone for the Sega Genesis as one of the coolest comic book video games ever. Because you're literally like, you have to fight from one panel destroy the other panel to go to progress in the comic book zone itself so like that was always the coolest i was like oh man but like really the other one i was thinking of like even superheroes like the teenage mutant ninja turtles were one of the superheroes that i loved as a kid in that game turtles in time the four-player stand-up arcade i mean like that was one of the best video games to play with people because it was like it was such a cool experience with your friends and i think that that was like one of the coolest moments why that worked out but like the other Turtles games, like even on the, like I play games from even like the Atari on. And so like on the Commodore 64, there was a computer Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles video game that was like, you had to have this code on this weird carbon copy paper to actually get it to play for you. And at one point I lost that paper and I was like, no, I can never play this game ever again. <laughs> and life was sad for like eons until this look, look how far we come. game came out. <laughs> it was like, it was great, man. And like the phone number to find that code again was on the paper that was lost. So I was like, oh. Ma, where is it? <laughs> it was a five and a quarter inch floppy it was huge I think they just dropped the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles like Cowabunga pack yeah, it, it, has it has like a bunch of the old fucking games all loaded it's up all of them bro love it. All of them. we'll yeah, have to hop on cool. and play sometime guys I feel like I can't talk about Ninja Turtles without the Simpsons game that was very similar I know <laughs> yes. it's not comic book or superhero but like those games were the same game to me, just different characters. Right. They've got like a comic feel to them. I mean, for sure. I buy that. I, I, I'm like, I'm loose about that genre. It's like, it totally works, man. <laughs> yeah, it totally no, that's works. fine. That's fine. Fair enough. Cheech, go ahead. Number two, my friend. And number two, I put this uh, South Park Fractured But Whole Game. 
Uh, <laughs> I'm having a fucking blast playing this game, dude. It is everything you love about a good South Park episode with your own character that you design. It's fucking awesome, dude. Um, so that's my wow. number two. That's great. Um, based on Cheech's recommendation, I played that game as well. And one part I found fucking hilarious in the beginning when you're creating your character, the difficulty yes. level is your shade of skin. <laughs> so in order, <laughs> oh, no. so in order to make my character fucking black, I had to play on very hard. And, and it's even more hilarious because it says like, oh, this has absolutely no effect on like the fighting in game, but just yeah. the everything else <laughs> yeah. I, was like, I think i said i said cheat to screech out immediately and i was like this is so fucked, but i love it <laughs> what a great of course game. i was like just a touch of, towards your side of middle you know what i'm saying you know that's uh that's like some boondocks level of commentary man i love <laughs> Hilarious, that dude. <laughs> yeah, dude. i was like oh i like this game already I can one of the I main one of the main side missions is to find all the different toilets in town, and there's like a little mini game to get the best turnout. Like you have to build your gas back up. How many currents it push is? It. <laughs> oh yeah, dude! You do all these different motions with the sticks, and you have to press like oh, a triangle for some of them. It's fucking. Oh hilarious. god, that's hard to triangle. Awkward. <laughs> uh, Cheech, what do you or not Cheech? D block. What do you got it to? Um, number two, I had, I don't remember when it came out and I don't remember if it was the first or second, but I had the Punisher video game. Yeah. Um, they made one of those back in the day and I don't know, before the Punisher became like a cop symbol or whatever the fuck he is now, uh, <laughs> I used to think he was one of the coolest fucking superheroes cause he was an anti-hero. You know what I mean? He, he yeah. just had that attitude. Yeah. And he would kill you on like a Batman or something or Superman. Um, so just being able to play as the Punisher and fuck shit up in a video game setting uh, was dope to me. And I think that was back in like, I want to say early 2000s, like 04, 05, somewhere around that time frame. Um, nice. So shoot them up games were, were, were fun back then, right. <laughs> to say the least. Oh, yeah. um, I, I had uh, X-Men Legends too uh that was a fun one um i think the the second one was apocalypse you're fighting him oh god that one's hard it was hard yeah yeah that i mean and my number one was 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 a hard game too but this one uh i I liked you know playing with my brothers honestly which is something we talk about pretty often and you know the multiplayer aspect of it it had a big roster too which was fun and again harping back to what i've already talked about a lot of cool villains that you could fight and i thought you know it it got you know it had about 15 characters i think so it wasn't like ultimate alliance level where it was like so many characters where you just you're just switching constantly where like you could actually focus on one character if you just wanted to be them and i like i like that aspect of it Oh, man, that was such a great game. I uh, I played that on my PSP until the save file got to a certain point. Ah. In the PSP version of those games, it dies and it doesn't let you go past it when you get oh, to no. New York. And so it's like, no, it's like near the end. That's like <laughs> terrible. <laughs> you got you got some heartbreaking stories about games you like. <laughs> One of those things. A yeah, lot of tragedy, okay. sir. Well, you know, it's it's like you gotta you gotta grow with the tragedy. Guys. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, it's true. this guy was forged by fire. Oh, Let man. it fuel like, you. Uh, well, one of the things, like to, to mention tragedy, the sidebar, real quick, if that's cool. Like, I was in E3 when the PlayStation 4 and then the Xbox, uh, like, whatever the Xbox One uh, were launched, like, and came out. And it's like the, the feeling that happened at the Sony side of, of the convention center was amazing and jubilant and joyful. And then over on the Xbox side of it, it was like really this really somber businessy, like no one was really doing much. It was like this whole thing I was running around filming. And I was like, this is the weirdest thing. But I was like, I'm just going to go hang out with the Sony people. That was the whole thing. I was like, oh man, PlayStation 4 was like one of the killer apps for when it came out. It was like, this is definitely like the whole 
beast level. I was like, that was like, that was the most jubilant I saw people about like a gaming system. And that was like, you ride the change, right? Like you're ultimately a game console away from the next system out there. Like I still don't even have a PS5. I'm like, I don't, I don't even care. <laughs> it's like, I'll yeah. get there. I'm playing Minecraft still for like the past 12 years. It's like, who cares? <laughs> get away from me with that. Uh, Cheech, what do you got? I guess, or no. Yeah. Oh, yeah. My second one? Oh, wait. Yeah. Are, uh, Mike, Mike. Too. Yeah, I can't so, count. You yeah, realize you got, that. You... I, I do this every show. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Common occurrence. I, uh, I love that X-Men Motherfucker, write something down. Was, like, so good. Uh, but I wrote down uh, Injustice. Like, the, uh, the, the mashup from the Mortal Kombat guys, Netherrealm. Uh, like, you know, not because of my buddies, but like, it's like, I love that they use that whole, uh, the whole thing. It's like, it's great. It's like, oh, the fighting between all those badass superheroes and villains like this. Is yeah, that great. game was sweet. It's just like a fun thing. Like you could like, you know, it's all like, you know, who would win in a fight between, you know, in those conversations, get to have some sort of results. So I like that. I like it. It's fun. I played that through with Grace, actually, Mike, and she loved it, man. Oh, nice. <laughs> <laughs> that was, that the game was killer. Yeah. Oh man, yeah. Like, th- there's some funny cats in there. They added Freddy Krueger in that shit. Yeah. <laughs> like, what? <laughs> yeah. Terminator came in. They're just adding them <laughs> everywhere now. So good. Love all of it. It's crazy. All right. So, are we at to one now? Number Jeez. one. Yep. Here we yes, go. sir. Cheech, go ahead. Take it away, my friend. Coming in at number one, I've got the newest Spider-Man series. I like both of them. They're pretty good. That? Hold up. Hold up. Hold up. Hold up. <laughs> hey, man. Hold up, hold just... up, hold up. Let me nope, finish. Nope, Let nope, me finish. Nope, Let me finish. Nope. Let me finish. Go ahead. Go you ahead, take... Mr. Off the Top. You take I had this shit black... written down at one o'clock. You take black <laughs> Spider-Man from me? Black Spider-Man. The only <laughs> hey bro, he's part Puerto Rican too. The only he's one Puerto Rican too. Number one. How dare you? His one... mother's Puerto Rican. The you can't do one... that. <laughs> this is this is a coin toss. If it was Black Panther, right, I'd understand. Going. Keep giving your description as why you stole Black Spider-Man from your black co-host. <laughs> <laughs> He's part Puerto Rican too, bro. Feels Black Panther. I don't understand. He's Black Spider-Man. Yeah, no <laughs> All right, we won that draft. Everybody, stay anyway, away from Moon Knight. Go ahead, Cheech. I didn't. I didn't, <laughs> I didn't specify whether it was Miles Morales because I haven't even started it yet. If you give me a fucking second, so uh, yeah, that new series the mechanics one. in it. The, the, the anyway series, the newest series, uh, has very good mechanics and it just fucking real crisp, you know what I mean? I like how you're just zipping through the air and the combat is pretty fresh too. Um, it's very fluid, right? There's not a lot of games that have that like crisp fluidity to them, and it that one does, so I enjoyed that. All right, um, D Block, are you okay? I'm fine. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I'm perfectly fine. Um, I'm going to agree with my co-host Cheech that the newest (laughs) Spider-Man is the number one. Um, Yeah, I think think the fighting reminds me a lot of the Arkham type games. Um, Yeah, exactly. Personal and beat the shit out of people. Like, like not just like little punches. You like slam them to the ground and stuff like that. Um, yeah. So yeah, that's by far I think the best one out as of now. And uh, I liked. So I was playing that. My dad's not super into games, but he's lived in in Manhattan his whole life, as as you guys know. And uh, I was showing him like the detail level, and like he's like, oh, like we, we tried to find his deli, which we couldn't, but like it's pretty damn close. <laughs> <laughs> like the street level is is pretty insane. The, the amount of detail that they put into into the newer Spider Man games. It's, oh, it's very much Marvel, New York City. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like they replace their buildings wherever they replace it. They put yeah. in that. It's impressive. Doctor Strange's fucking temple or whatever. Temple? But yeah, uh, it's so cool. Yeah. yeah. So cool. Yeah, yeah I love awesome, those man. games. Oh, man. With the technology available, too, it's, you know, uh, it, what is it called? It's a thing called LiDAR? Uh, photogrammetry. LiDAR oh, yeah. is another. I actually yeah. work with LiDAR uh, in my, my line of work, but... um with photogrammetry that's available you can do so much stuff you can just like kind of underlay i would imagine a google maps and just start building your model for the game right off of that so it's almost exactly what it is right then just kind of drop in stark tower and like you said doctor uh doctor who's yeah yeah thank you sir that's very nice you're welcome i had an animal cracker i give you one 
I don't like those. Give me Cheez-Its. <laughs> All right, I got you, dog. <laughs> I'll keep Jesus in the pocket for next time. <laughs> I like snacks. <laughs> uh, I had uh, X-Men, another X-Men game. The 1993 game for Sega Genesis. Oh, yeah. Oh, that uh, was great. I loved that one, and I loved it because that was, again, when I was – it was one of the first games I played, and it was two players. Uh, and Hyder was always Wolverine. I think Did Sammy was usually – I always went Nightcrawler. Nightcrawler is my favorite character. Yeah, That's why Night- he's still my favorite X-Men. And, oh, uh, so and uh, I loved playing with Nightcrawler. And then, you know, that developed. And Mike, you kind of talked about this, my relationship with Nightcrawler throughout my whole life, I guess, because yeah. I was kind of forced to be him because, the, you know, the main character is Wolverine and Cyclops and whatever. But like, I, now I don't feel forced anymore. I'm glad I got to play with this dope blue teleporter. Uh, <laughs> he's so cool. Oh, yeah. I love Nightcrawler. Yeah. yeah, nothing beats Wolverine though. Nothing beats Wolverine. No, yeah, yeah. Wolverine's <laughs> a savage man. It's like oh, speaking man. of which, with that 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 Deadpool, I mean, talk about marketing. Probably didn't have to spend much on that 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 video they put oh. out, but everybody's fired you up. Know, over it. I, <laughs> I, I love all of that himself. Uh, I love it. He, yeah, he's phone. he's. <laughs> he's done most of that himself and it's like you know it's one of the smart ways to do it like the guy's got like a, a really good like audience that pays attention to him he's got that mint mobile he makes all those commercials yeah, yeah. Right? he has all this gin he has all that like he even does That's commercials where he's like here. you know the upside down stuff he's like i'm reusing this ad with different voiceover over it so he's like he doesn't give a shit he's like <laughs> everything he does people Fucking pay attention awesome. to it's the goal, man. It's like, the i love that touch. guy I love it. It's it's so funny. It's like you know, it's because he's funny. He's he's a good writer. He's yeah. he's funny as shit. People like him. Uh, yeah. Mike, okay, what do you got at so one? Funny. Uh, so I am going to go with Gotham City Imposters. I, I definitely think that we have to figure out how to make a uh, a party happen to where we all play that game because it all is right. fun. It is ridiculous, and we can probably get like you know some cats to be in on that kind of thing. We got like nine fun. people who come on this show. We could get all of them to get on there. <laughs> I think we need like twelve. <laughs> Yeah, it should be on Steam. So, like, it's a free-to-play game. I'm not sure if it works anymore. I think last time I logged in, it was, like, 11 people available or some shit like that. So, <laughs> I, I, who, wow. who knows? Holy it, was, shit. Like, it would have to be, well, like, like Battlefield 2042 right now. <laughs> yeah, dude. <laughs> you know, it's, uh, it's 54 other people available. <laughs> it had some, uh, you know, had some pretty cool people paying attention to it way back in the day, and it was, it was definitely a fun kind of game. Uh, but, like... For me, it was the first first person shooter I worked on. And I was like, okay, so like first person shooter and all the advertising for that. You can't actually point a gun at anybody. You can't have them pointing guns at people in advertising for it to work on TV for ESRB ratings. Ah. And so there's all this stuff you have to pay attention to. And like, you have to like, sort of like make it work or fake it until it works or like have movement of things. So that way it's not like actually honed on people. So there's a lot of stuff that just didn't work out. Cause like the animations would be like, oh, that's not compliance. And so like the, the Warner Brothers compliance people, like they would shut me down on a lot of things a lot of times. We've made an entire like fake website to sell one of the drinks on that game. It was called Vigor Chug. We made this whole <laughs> website with like, interactive gifts and it was all this animation, weird shit. And it was like for nothing. But they wouldn't let us do it because there was like a company in India that had some sort of drink that had the word Vigor in it. And so we're like, damn it, man, I want to make that. It's <laughs> so like time, three weeks man. working on that. Yeah. It's like, oh, yeah, no, it's like uh, legal teams like that. They just don't want to be sued. So they're doing everything they can to not be sued. That's, that's the goal <laughs> in life for most people. All right, that's the yeah. list. Um, we'll do some honorable mentions and then we'll wrap up here. Anybody have any honorable mentions? Cheech, we'll start with you. Uh, no, there was an X-Men game that I was trying. I could not remember the name of it, so I just left it off the list. Um, I didn't really have time to search for it, unfortunately, but there was an X game or uh, X fighting game. game? I playing with you guys. Yeah, I think we got we all played it at your place, you know, yeah. when we were younger. Where Toad was in it. I, think I, it I would throw Hyder because he was Wolverine. There was like a combo move. I remember throwing him into people and it would just fucking destroy everything. It was a great, Perfect. great move. Then we yeah. do it in real life. But, D Black, what do you got? Anything? <laughs> um, I mean, any of the Arkham Knight games. I mean, those were all dope games. The Batman yeah. one. Yeah, um, they are yeah, amazing. Yeah, I, I, the one I can't remember which one it was, but the one where they made a big deal out of the Batmobile. They, they like made that. Like, oh, a tool that Knight. You had to use quite a bit. Knight, yeah. 
yeah, that night. One was my uh, the guy who wrote that is amazing, and his brother marketed the Shadow of Mordor uh, trailer too. Oh like, shit! It's like oh, cool. even smaller world, yeah. Oh, the wow, brothers, yeah. That's like this. It's like that's a cool game too. And when they made that Batmobile like really powerful in the game, that was like that was a cincher for a lot of people because you got bored of being Batman. Yeah, it was like another way to move about and you could do other yeah. shit with yeah. it. It was There's some it was sweet puzzles that with franchise it. to add that in there. Any oh, honorable yeah. mentions for you, Mike? Uh, you know, honestly, like there's just so many cool games out there, like the Wonder Woman game that's about to come out, like maybe next year. I don't even know, but Monolith all the <laughs> studios doing that. Yeah. Like that whole uh that whole thing when they did the announcement trailer, I was like, ah, yeah. <laughs> so cool that's gonna be really a badass game. Yeah, that game does look sick i did see that trailer um and then i i just had marvel versus capcom uh any of them really those games are fun oh, yeah. cool those bringing them in and, and and bringing in that that fighting aspect with the other fighting games and uh always enjoyed those games i just played them recently at an arcade with grace and it was great the combo moves you can do and shit is awesome <laughs> combo, yeah, combo yeah yeah <laughs> bringing three dudes out of nowhere and hit them with Mega Man and everybody else. It's awesome. All right, boys. Thank you so much for coming on, Mike. We really appreciate your time and expertise, man. Yeah, thanks for having me. Hopefully it wasn't too boring. I mean, it was kind of no, weird. No, not at all, man. You were perfect. <laughs> no, it was great, dude. And you're going to be a recurring guest, whether you like it or not. Sorry. Cool. Happy to get to know you guys better. Appreciate yeah, y'all. Appreciate so you, man. We'll have to, we'll have to hang out and hang out in person. Um, Cheech, right, Cheech, Cheech, can you just give us yes, some thoughts real quick? Final thoughts on what? I'm just going to cut you off. So go ahead with my mom. That you should have, you should have did that. Oh you no, we just will. Right I still can. <laughs> okay. Perfect. <laughs> as soon as that, as soon as that first. Keep happened. gaming guys. Yeah.